Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Ports, I'm with you on a steamy Wednesday, last day of June. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. Allison, this calendar is flipping to July, and it occurs to me that July, this month, this coming month, could be one of the most crazy months in the history of the Blue Jackets. Absolutely. going on. Interesting times. Indeed. Yes. Uh, we have a special guest on today's podcast. We're going to deal with some uh, CBJ and NHL news first, but Blue Jackets associate coach Pascal Vincent is joining us uh, to talk about joining Brad Larson's staff. Uh, we'll get into all kinds of stuff, leadership, coaching, young players, the power play, Patrick Liney, Jack Roslovic. Um, passing. Passing. Yeah. I was afraid, Allison. At some, you know, if you guys get going on leadership, I might just go mow the grass and come back and you'll still be going. That's, a, that's not because I wouldn't be interested in the conversation, but because it would go on a while. Um, but anyways, the Blue Jackets coaching staff is complete on Tuesday, uh, as we reported. And I believe the Blue Jackets have announced it now. Sylvain Lefebvre yes. will be hired as an assistant coach on Brad Larson's staff. He has, in fact, been hired. Uh, to join Larson's staff. So he coaches the defenseman in the penalty kill. Vincent, uh, hired last week, will coach the forwards and the power play. Uh, your thoughts on these hires, Allison? Well, I mean, I think it's great that the staff is now in place. Um, that was a huge thing to get done. It's crazy to think about how this whole process goes down without necessarily being able to meet people face-to-face. Right. Um, but, but I'm happy for, for coach Larson. He has his staff. There's at least a start at roles and responsibilities. This group, this group has to be a team before they can work with their team. So, um, they have time to do that. Um, definitely a good step forward. Now, let me ask you. So this is a, this is a, it's not a young coaching staff. Larson's the youngest of the three, Mm -hmm. but, and, and they have lots of coaching experience, obviously. Hello, NHL. But none of the three have been head coaches in the NHL. This is a very young, energetic staff. That's what Larson was looking for. Allison, how how concerned would you be, if at all, that none of these guys have NHL head coaching experience? They've all been on an NHL bench many, many games, never as the head right. coach. Yeah, you know, I, I am not going to buy into that right now. I, I appreciate the question. I think it's valid, but I think that – um, so much of what we talk about these days in so many parts of, of the world is um, finding qualified people and, and giving them an opportunity. And I think it speaks to the motivation that these three men most likely have to, to do their very best. Um, they have seasoned leadership in the front office. Um, get, give it a go. The, the players said that this was the head coach they wanted. The, these are the assistants that this head coach wants. Um, you got to trust the decisions and, and see how they shake out. Yeah. And it, it feels like this coaching staff is going to be more of a, um, I don't want to say more of a partnership because that makes it seem like they weren't together before it, no, it but feels yeah, like they're all three sort of in the player, modern player coach mold. Mm -hmm. 100%. Um, 100%. Yeah. And, and so it's going to be interesting to see it, it, it play out. Uh, Jared Bull, Kenny McCudden retained as assistant coaches. Uh, Manny Legacy is back as the goaltending coach. So we think this is the end of Larson's hirings uh, for this coaching staff. And my God, if he hits these like he did his previous ones, 
in uh, in in Cleveland picking Jared Bednar and Nolan Pratt. But boom, uh, maybe he'll go into talent scouting rather than coaching. Um, one other <laughs> little thing before we get to the interview with, with Pascal uh, Vincent, the NHL awards came out last night. Um, Blue Jackets pretty much shut out. Uh, Cam Atkinson actually got a lady. I got a vote for the lady being first place, two seconds, one third, two fourths, and a fifth for the lady being. And Zach Delpy got a third place vote for the Masterton. Otherwise, not a lot of Blue Jackets love. You would expect that. Not a great season for the Blue Jackets. Um, any surprises with the awards uh, from your perspective, Allison? The one thing that blew me away was Connor McDavid getting every first place vote. For the Hart Trophy, only been done one time before by a guy. I have to look up his first name. His last name was Gretzky. <laughs> um, no, you know, no surprises. Um, I, I I like the Fox choice um, for the Norris. That's fun, something yeah. different. Um, but but n- nothing shocking to me. I think um, no. No surprises. I mean, the McDavid thing for me was just refreshing in the way that we can't agree on anything right now. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And that's I do. really impressive. Not, and I mean all that from yes. his perspective to just to be uh, unanimously the number one player. There's no rogue voter who just decided he didn't like McDavid. He's boring, whatever. All right. votes, which is pretty, pretty impressive. So let's get to the interview. It's a, it's a, it's a great chat. He's you can't you can't help but be impressed by him. This is a name as we've said that's been uh, kicking around, percolating. Uh, as a AHL guy with a real shot to move up to the NHL. Pretty cool that's happening in, in Columbus. Let's get to our uh, conversation with Blue Jackets associate coach, Pascal Vincent. Well, joined now by Pascal Vincent. Uh, great, great to have you with us, Pascal. Thanks for joining us. Um, and welcome to Columbus. I'm sure you've heard that from a few people. I think I first want to ask you your thoughts Uh 10 years in any organization, coaching is such a such a relationships business. What is it like to leave that Winnipeg organization after 10 years? And then on the flip side of that, your excitement level coming into a new situation uh, in Columbus with the Blue Jackets. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, it's a great pleasure to uh, talk to you guys. Um, mixed feelings. Um, we've been, my daughter is 10 years old and we've been here for 10 years. So Winnipeg is home to her and, um, and it's an organization that believed in me 10 years ago. And, and, um, I I was, I had the great, uh, great privilege to work with great people, uh, starting with Mr. Chipman, the owner of, uh, True North and, and the Winnipeg Jets and the Moose. And um, getting hired by Claude Noel, a name that uh, you guys know in, in Columbus. Sure. And, um, and then um, Paul Maurice, which um, that's been really good to me, just watching the guy work. And he's, uh, he's really good. He's a good person. We became good friends. Same thing with Claude. Um, Craig Heisinger, the, the GM of the Moose, and then all the management, I... It's true. North is uh, ran like a big family, and and um, I'm really excited about the opportunity. But there's a part of me that I'm sad to leave those guys. I, um, this is an organization I I poured everything that I had um, in order to help them succeed. 
Um, and I knew that day was coming at some point. Uh, my goal is um, my goal was to get back in the NHL at some point and and uh, in a different capacity than an assistant coach. So when um, Columbus and Brad and and Yarmo and John Davidson and I got to meet uh, over Zoom uh, a few other people, uh, it just felt right. So I'm really really excited. Uh, we've heard a lot of good things about Columbus. Uh, Paul Maurice was telling me how great of a city it is and and um, same with Claude Noel. Uh, he spoke to uh, Jack Roslovic quite a bit over the years and he loves Columbus. Uh, so it's um, very excited, but there's a part of me um, and I think you would understand that um, I'm sad to to leave an organization I really love. For sure. Um, you interviewed for the head coaching position here in Columbus twice. And your name that has, that that if you follow this closely, has sort of, percolated out there a while as an up and comer, a guy who's going to, who's going to arrive at the NHL as a head coach at some point. And you came close this summer. Um, how quickly did your mood change? And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but how quickly did it change from any kind of disappointment to not get that job to then intrigue at this situation, associate coach of the Blue Jackets and knowing what all that will entail. Yeah, the goal is obviously I'm that's what I know the best and that's what I know the most being a head coach. Uh, but it changed pretty quick. Uh, when I first uh, spoke to Yarmo about that um, or he spoke to me about it and um, and then Brad Larson called and it was pretty much instant. Um, just we just connected right away. It didn't take long. It, it felt right. And I was uh, doing, um, I was being interviewed for an, another uh, team uh, for the, the head coach position, and and uh, Brad was extremely patient, and and uh, uh, he's, he's I've never met him in person. I've seen him because we've coached against each other, um, yep. but I've never shook his hand. Uh, and but he made me feel very much welcome. He's an amazing man. I understand why they chose him. Um, it's a it's a real good choice and, and um it, it it went pretty quick it just felt right and it's hard to explain because i don't have any words to explain how i felt but i went from okay i'm not going to be um the head coach but they're they're talking about associate head coach and and it feels right and and i want to work with them i want to i want to i want to help him succeed i want to help brad and the whole team have success and if i'm part of it then that's great so it's uh and I'm not a big guy on on titles, to be honest with you. Uh, obviously, when you have the tag of the head coach, you have different responsibilities. But when the season starts, we're all in this together, and we're all doing our best. And I'm again, I'm really excited to work with him and and to help him and and to do whatever it takes to uh, for the team to have success. The one thing that's always come up when I've talked to Claude Noel about you, when I've heard people discuss you, is your gift. Uh, of really of being a really good teacher, really interacting well with with young players, and that that's such a uh, truly I use the word carefully there. It's such a gift for a coach because there are lots of different coaches who have lots of different strengths, but not all of them are great teachers. Some are great motivators, some are great X's and O's guys. If, if you can provide sort of an overarching approach, what makes you a great teacher, and how how passionate are you about that aspect of the job? Uh. Well, I have quite a few answers in my head right now, but the first one is I was taught 
um, by my parents to listen to people, to really listen and, and not to, um, not to make a quick, um, idea or, or not to have a quick, uh, response to what people are saying, thinking about what I need to answer at that moment, just to really listen yeah. and, and to understand where they're coming from, what pe where people are coming from and, and to understand their, what their goals are. And once you get that, once you understand that, once you put yourself in their shoes just a little bit, and and, and then you create that trust factor between um, two human beings, then then they can understand where you're coming from. You can understand where that person is 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 looking to accomplish. And the other thing I would say, it's a lot of time and a lot of hours and a lot of years watching the game and studying the game and. Uh, and, and what it takes to um, help players. Uh, and it could be very technical. It could be a tactical part, uh, part of the game. It could be systems. It could be um, hockey sense, um, reads on the ice. But I've spent a lot of times, I've been coaching for 20, 28 years now. And um, I spent a lot of time studying uh, the game and, and the mechanics of a hockey player and, and, and understanding. And I'm not not trying to change players, but just to add to their strength. And, and the last thing I would say is I work with um, the strength of the players and, and the people. What are you good at? And we're going to build on top of that. That's your foundation. And we're going to build on top of that. And, and we're going to try to improve your weaknesses and, and, and all of that. But the foundation should be coming from what are you good at and what do you bring to the table? And we'll build on that, on top of that. So um, I guess it's a combination of different things. I really appreciate Claude uh, saying those things, um, but but I care about the people I work with. I, I truly care about the people first, and and I believe that that by caring for the people, then eventually the players on the ice are are improving. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Pascal, you talk about being a student of the game and, and my ears perked up immediately when I read um, Aaron's interview with you earlier this week. Um, my undergraduate degree is actually in leadership studies and you talked about how you love to study leadership. Just what can you share about how you will approach, of course you have a team of players to work with, but this is a whole new team of coaches. How do you come together as a unit are there, are there leadership approaches to that, how you all can get on the same page and come together as a team of your own before you work with the players that you have? Yeah, well, we've been in touch quite a bit, uh, actually pretty much every day with uh, Brad and he's, uh, he has a vision and, um, and, and we're going we're gonna to eventually get together. Um, we're, we will establish a plan on how we want to function. They already have great values. I, I mean, John, John Tortorella has established a way of playing and a culture of hard work and dedication and commitment. And we're going to build on top of that. That's something that was pretty clear during the interview process that they wanted to build on, on that kind of mindset. So 
my, my first step will be to understand um, who they are, uh, the people and, 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 and the end goal. And I, I, most of the time, the way I work is I, I look at the end first. What's the end goal, end goal and how are we going to get there? So my, my first step uh, with Brad and, and, or Brad with me will be to, uh, for us to evaluate where are we at, uh, what has been done in the past, understanding the history of the team and the, the last few years and the guys that are coming back and, and getting together and establishing a plan um, not only a, a, a plan on the ice, but a plan uh, for coaching, a plan, um, a communication plan, a teaching plan. So it's um, and it's hard uh, right now because I'm I'm in Winnipeg and, and we can't get together. <laughs> uh, so we're using the technology the best we can. Um, but once I'm I'm in Columbus and sit down with Brad. Uh, but I have to admit, I'm really impressed with Brad. He has a plan in mind, and uh, it's pretty solid. And I'm quite excited to join the join the team. It, you talk about you know building on what Torts had done in Columbus, and also that Brad has this plan. I'm just curious on your thoughts. You know, you shared how important listening is. How do you think you'll be able to introduce change? I mean, some of these players have been with Columbus through Torts's tenure. You want to respect that, but you also want to make this your own? How will you bring in your wrinkles, your marks, the entire coaching staff as well? Yeah, staying true to yourself, right? Uh, when you stay true to yourself, uh, obviously, Brad's going to bring a different different flavor to the team. And and I will add to that a different spice to the mix there. Um, but staying true to yourself. And, and the one thing that I've learned uh, in the past year with the Moose and going through the pandemic is players or, or hockey players, um, are, uh, they adapt really well. Uh, we had a different schedule. We had um, uh, different opponents. Uh, it was a different season, but I was quite amazed at how quick players can adapt. And, um, and from my, my experience um, over the past 10 years coaching at the pro level is uh, players want to be coached. They want to be they, 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 they want help. They, they want to be pushed and, and they want coaches that are well-prepared and uh, that are honest. So, um, yes, it's going to be different because we're not John and, and Brad is different and I'm different and, and uh, we're going to bring our own personalities to the team. But I think um, when, it, when things are done the right way uh, with the right intention um, and you're honest with the players and the people you work with, um, Things are, are changing pretty quick and people adapt pretty quick as well. One more thing from me about just how you plan to tackle this whole role. I also loved when you talked to Aaron with your work with the power play that you look not just at shot quantity, but shot quality. Are, are there key things that you look at? Maybe it's on the power play, but maybe it's also five on five play as well. Are there key measures that you like to look for to gauge where your players are at, where your team is at in terms of how they're performing on the ice? Well, yes. Um, I, I like to use the advanced stats quite a bit, uh, but there's a few key components that are important. And, and the first one, and if you look at uh, two years ago, and, and don't quote me on this one, but I believe it, it was 58% of the goals scored in the National Hockey League were right in the inner slot. Um, mm -hmm. going to the net and everything that we're going to do th that's what I know 
everything that I'd like us to do, and, and I'm going to speak to Brad, obviously, on this one, but will be the end result will be we need to get there. We need to get there and, and we need people at the net, whether it's on rush attacks, whether it's on uh, ozone plays or even the power play, we need to get at the net because that's where the goals are scored. And and there's different ways to score goals and I get it. And, and we want to be, I think, uh, we're looking for to be creative offensively. So giving the players a chance to make, di- uh, make different plays um, and if they see a play to make it, but we need, uh, I think we need a structure within that offensive mindset on how we're going to go there. Cause teams are really good at defending now and goalies are extremely good. If they don't, there's no traffic in front of them. Most of the time they'll make those saves. So the, the end result will be, we need to get to the net and how we're going to get there. We're going to develop that offensive plan, whether it's five on five or on the power play. But it's uh, there's going to be a plan and routes and, and system that we're gonna we're gonna be uh, talking about this summer and and um, obviously like I said Brad will make the final decisions uh, but um, I'm gonna I have a few ideas that I'm gonna suggest to him Pascal this is something that has that has occurred to me over the last five or six years Allison's probably tired of hearing me talk about it <laughs> when I started covering the league 20 years ago. Everyone ran the power play with two points. At least everyone that I recall ran the power play with two point men on each unit. The one three one has now come into fashion probably six, seven, eight years ago or so. And it seems like it's all over the league now. I don't think there are any exceptions. I think everyone's running the one three one or some variation of that. What I find is odd, and I'd love to get a, a power play expert's thoughts on this. There seem to be more offensive or a puck capable defenseman now than ever. Like I remember that being a real challenge for teams and some of these Columbus teams in the early days really struggled with having enough guys to run two power play units uh, and not any top end forwards to join the defense as some teams did. What are your thoughts on what it would take and, and why a team doesn't step back into the idea of having two uh, an alignment on the power play with two guys running the points, whether that's an overload of two on two, what, what have you, why has that gone so, so out of, out of style and fashion and could it ever come back in again? Well, there's a few reasons I think of, um, and I don't want to get too much into the technical or tactical point of it, but, sure. um, um, the few reasons are, um, players are much better at blocking shots now. Um, and and they get in the way they have, we talk about, uh, stick work and, and passing lanes and, and blocking shots on the, on the penalty kill. Some, some PK will be more aggressive and there's more and more aggressive penalty killers now, or penalty teams, uh, penalty kill teams. Um, and, and the one, three, one allows you to release the pressure, uh, a bit faster and there's, uh, more options to, um, make sure that the puck goes one, one, from one side to the other and releasing that pressure from, from um, um, one side. Uh, the other thing is um, the 2D at the blue line, it's, a, it's still a good option depending on who you're playing against and depending on your personal. Um, but the one three one allows you to um, make more seam passes. So if you cut the ice in two and, and um, you have the right side and the left side, if you have the opportunity to go from right to left uh, or left to right as 
often as you can before shooting the puck. That's the shot selection. It was studied with the numbers that um, for a goalie, the higher percentage of him um, or, or your greatest chance to score a goal, yep. it's when the puck goes from east to west uh, really quick and having a quick strike on that play. If on top of it, you have a good guy in front of the net that understands his job and is able to take the eyes away of the goalie, then that split second that he doesn't see that pass going from east-west on the one-three-one kind of concept, um, you increase your chances to score a goal. On top of it, if you have a guy like Ovechkin or Patrick Laine that can yes. shoot the puck like he mm -hmm. does, the goalie has no chance to recover from one side to the other. So the two defensemen at the blue line is still a good option. Not so not so long ago, I was studying uh, Washington, Boston, and Philly. Um, a year that they had a lot of success on the power play. And, and at time, and it's a few years ago, but they used um, more of a box plus one. They had 2D, but the weak side D was quite involved in the attack and he was going up and down, um, downhill to the net. Um, they created a few options. It was still a good option. So um, I'm not saying that we're uh, still, again, it's the personal that, that matters the most and we'll adjust yeah. to the personal. Um, but the one three one gives you a better chance at the end of the day when there's a one three one kind of concept uh, when there's an attack on net on net you have four guys collapsing or driving oh, sure. down so yeah. that first touch uh, retrieving that puck if you don't score on the initial uh shot you have a better chance to get the puck back and create more ozone time so there's a few components um there's more to that but these would be the main ones that i think of I feel like if we were in a hotel lobby right now, you'd be drawing stuff on napkins, probably. <laughs> is, that, is that the right read? Yes. Um, you you segued into this perfectly. I wanted to ask you about Patrick Line. I've I have struggled as a writer to describe that shot. It's a it it's it, you almost run out of of superlatives. I don't, and I'm not smart enough to look at it because I see it. And it looks in many ways, his actions, this, he, he looks like a mortal. And then I see him shoot a puck and I think really not too many other people look like that. I mean, Ovechkin's, Ovechkin is, is just a, an absolute animal on the puck. Stamkos, I think of Jeff Carter, those guys with incredibly quick releases. There's something about line A shot that I don't understand how it is what it is, but you've stood behind him and practiced it up close and watched and marveled. You've studied the mechanics of shooting. What does Pascal Vincent think about that that uh, Patrick Liney shot? And how do you describe it? Well, I'm, I'm more on your side than on, on the side of understanding <laughs> exactly how he does it because it's so unique. Um, Ovechkin, is, it's all about quickness and power. And... Um, and Patty has power as well, but his weight transfer is um, quite unique, the way he stands before getting the puck and, and also the flex on the stick, the curve on the stick. Um, there's quite a few components of why, but also the way he uses his weight to transfer that energy towards the stick and then uh, towards the puck. But also there's um, parts of it is understanding the... Um, velocity of the pass and how quick that puck has to get there. If it's too slow, he can't use the power uh, that he has in order to shoot that puck the way he can. 
if it's too hard, he's not going to be able to connect. So understanding that part, that's something we studied here. So the velocity and the spin, whether it's a right-hand shot that is giving him the puck or a left-hand shot, there's a different spin on the puck. So there's going to be a, there's going to be some options, but understanding Patty and how he shoots the puck, he's so unique. It's it's quite amazing. And and the nice thing about Patty is he's a great passer as well. So we can use that as an option. He's not only a shooter, but he can make the pass. He can see the option, and he's quite accurate uh, in his passing skills. So when he doesn't, he's not an option to shoot the puck. He's going to be an an option to pass it back or find the right guy open. But obviously, he's got a weapon that nobody else has, and we're going to try to use it properly. But to understand and describe exactly the mechanic of his shot, um, I, I can't say that um, I can uh, because it, it's it's unique. And just the way the distance be- between his two hands uh, is different. There's just so many things um, that it, it's hard to understand. But he's what I know is he's worked on it a lot, and he's um, – He's at a point where he, he masters that part of his game. He's, he's really good at it, and, and uh, we're going to try to use it properly. It's really something to see. The one guy in this dressing room that you know probably better than any other is Jack Roslovic. And you're, he's probably the guy in this room that knows you better than anybody, too. You spent a significant part of two AHL seasons coaching him. Tell us what you learned about Jack and, and where you see his game evolving and and. He's playing center now in the National Hockey League. What are the challenges before him as a two-way guy playing without the puck? It comes so naturally to him with it. Uh, what are the challenges he faces and you face with him now teaching him the, the well-rounded game? Yeah, so when we drafted him, uh, we uh, we wanted to develop him as a center, but we also tried to develop him as a winger as well. Um, and, and that's something he's really good at. Uh, when you look at him picking up pucks on the wall, and making the next play, picking up the pucks, uh, pucks on the wall, um, it, it's a skill. But making the next play and making the right play right after that, it's also a skill. And he, he's pretty good at that. So he's got he's got the ability to go from center to wing and be quite effective both at both position. Um, but he's got the speed and and um, the the his hockey sense is is good. Uh, enough to be a good centerman as well. Um, so we've seen him dominating the American League. Like I said, we talked about it, and he was uh, at a point where he was just too good for our league, and he was stalling in this development. It was time for him to go to the NHL and bring that game to uh, um, to the NHL level. Um, in Jack's case, I think um, his conditioning, first of all, is is something I've rarely seen. He's a guy that can go hard and uh, and come back on the bench, and he's ready to go right away. So that's that's something that he has too, uh, which is quite interesting. Um, but for him, he's still maturing as a hockey player. He, he's got so much potential in my mind. Um, his ability to elude a defender, um, he, he's quite agile. And flexible, and and he's he's capable um, to um, carry the puck in uh, and cut back and and make that next play in the offensive zone at a very high speed. He's a he's a uh, he's able to go from a standstill position uh, to really fast, really quick. So that's another part of his game that he can go he can do he can do very well. Um, so there's a, quite a few components that are interesting for a centerman. Um, 
I guess his face-off uh, skills need to be improved. Um, I, I would have to look at the numbers again, but that's an important skill as a centerman. But but uh, I've seen Jack on his game, and when he has a good game and he's playing up to his potential, he's quite effective uh, offensively and defensively. He's got good reads, and he can support the puck. He can get open in the right position, and, and uh, so he's got a lot of potential. I just think for him, he's still a young player. It's just uh, for him to uh, make sure he has a solid foundation and make sure he understands what he's good at and, and uh, build on that. And, and that part is really important because when things are not going your way, you need to reflect, you need to go back to your foundation yeah. to gain back that confidence. I think for Jack, is all about confidence. When he's confident and he's playing with intensity, um, he's a real dynamic player. Pascal, I'd love to go back to passing if you'll indulge me for a second. I'm a big fan of the lateral pass, the cross slot pass. Um, have you looked into, do you have thoughts on feeding play from behind the net or even below the goal line? Obviously, you take away the goaltender's eyes there, but you challenge that low defender as well. Is that something you are a fan of or, or like to implement when you can? I like it too. Um, I think it's yeah. a good play. I think it's a real good play. Um so that, that might be something we add to our, our playbook. Uh, yes. <laughs> even, even, even um, and I think, I think a few years ago, Brad uh, Larson was uh, running uh, the power play and they had that uh, behind the goal line kind of play on the power mm -hmm. play. And that was quite successful. All you need is a split second, second where the players are watching the puck and, and you, you, you can have different options. So that lateral pass on the power play is, is, Amazing. You look at if if you watch the last um, game, Tampa Bay and Montreal, the Tampa Bay's power play, obviously they have oh, yeah. amazing players and you need to have the skills to make those plays. But it's all about uh, changing point of attack and lateral passes. And, and uh, it's really hard to defend, but you need the skills to do it. So we'll evaluate the skills of our players and try to put them in the best position as we can. But that uh, play behind the goal line, uh, or at the top circle, it's uh, or dot to dot. Um, I'm a big fan of that as well. You mentioned that that passing is a skill, and and Max Domi is another one. He's got a really nice eye and and touch for that cross slot pass. C can you teach passing, or is passing just innate in a player? Do you? Think? I think you can teach it. Um, obviously, mm -hmm. at the NHL level, the guys are really good at it. Most of them are are really good at it. But there's elite players amongst those go uh, good players. Um, mm -hmm. You can teach, but what you can teach is, I think it's not so much the passing. You you can improve the passing. That that would be more of a skill coach. But what what's, I think what's improving the the results, and that's what I'm looking at the results. It's mm -hmm. the ability to get open, and when the player has mm -hmm. the puck, if he knows he's got option A, B, and C, and you're not looking for option B, but you're looking for option A, and if the guy that should be open is open, then you make that play right away. Quickness and, and knowing where the puck is going. So when you, you establish your routes, offensive routes, and, and you give the players some, some room to be creative, um, but knowing that who should be open and where, uh, it creates, it, it's faster. It, it, you just, all of a sudden, you become a faster offensive team. So that's... Um, Part of the passing is making sure that the guys that are, don't have the puck are at the right position at the right time. Pascal, tell us about your family. You mentioned you have a a, a young daughter. 
uh, your family coming with you to Columbus uh, at some point this summer? Not to start. Um, m- my wife has a real important job here in, in Winnipeg. She works uh, in, the, um, uh, in the healthcare system and, um, and, and there's no, she's way too loyal um, mm-hmm. to leave and, and um, just to give a two week notice. So her job is, um, especially the last year and a half, and she's been right in the middle of it in the pandemic. Yeah. So she's um, she's going to continue uh, doing what she has to do and and uh, and um, and take care of the people she works with. Um, so there's um, she's been really respectful of my career um, over the years, and I need to be respectful of hers. Uh, what she does matters, and oh. It, for her and, and, and for the people she takes sure. care of and um, and the people at the hospital. So she's uh, she's going to stay here in Winnipeg. And my daughter, uh, we love the school where she goes at uh, for now, and she's going to go to grade six next year. We want her to finish grade six at the school she's going at, and, and we'll revisit uh, the whole thing. But for the first year, um, I'll be I'll be going alone. And, and the other thing, too, is... Uh, like she was telling me, she said, I, I know you, you're going to be at the rink all the time. Yes. <laughs> and and when you're home, you're going to be thinking about going to the rink. So you're, you're going to be mentally yeah. uh, or physically at the rink all the time. So uh, it's a new organization. They, they believe in you and, and you need to give them your best. And that's what I'm going to do. So for the first year, um, I'm going to be alone and uh, we'll readjust. Um, it's, so it, it's going to be a challenge. I'm a real family guy, but um it, it's right for her and it's um it makes sense and uh it's going to give me a chance to really focus on 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 the columbus blue jackets for some some time anyway and uh, we'll go from there yeah so you'll head in at some point this summer to actually shake brad larson's hand perhaps i think i'm going to give him a hug oh wow just straight <laughs> out of the right out of the shoot Boom, right to the yeah. hug yeah, I, I, I'm not sure when uh, because of the border. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a bit uh, bit bit of a challenge, but um, I'm thinking by the end of August I should be full time in Columbus. Excellent. Well, Pascal, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Well, thank you guys. All right, Allison, your thoughts on that uh, interview? Pretty interesting guy. A fascinating guy. I was already looking forward to this conversation, obviously, for the leadership topics that you had brought up in your article about him this past Sunday. But I mean, I don't know if you could hear me jumping for joy during some of his comments about the ways he thinks the game. But my goodness, um, that's a man who who is doing what I talk about all the time. He's listening to analytics, applying those principles in real world ways. Um, I could have talked to him about some of that stuff all day long. Great, great stuff. Excited to meet the man. Uh, Allison, if, if he would have used the phrase Royal Road, we would have had to hit the pause button. I, 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 I refrained. <laughs> oh! I did refrain. I almost right. did. I almost Say said it, it but I, you know, we were doing so right. well. We were doing so yeah. well. Interesting guy. And, you know, one thing that that came to me late in this is, um, you know, you forget you forget that these you can forget that these are fathers and husbands and human beings, because Mm -hmm. you think of coaching in the NHL. If this is your dream, it is your everything. Right. And here on here is his wife and no offense to him. His wife's doing some of the truly difficult, important work in our world 100%. today, right? 
hundred percent. So in order yes. to chase his dream, in order for her to continue doing what is her passion, they're going to live apart for a year. And that's that's an amazing sacrifice that people make in pursuit of their dreams. These are very hard jobs to get. Uh, it's let's face it, he's been really lucky to have been a AHL and NHL coach and spent 10 years in the same city, Manitoba, uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. You almost always have to be, when you're starting your, your, your career coaching at this level, you're bouncing all over the place. Look at any of these guys uh, that have done that. Brad Larson, the exception too, to be in an organization this long. So good on him. It's, he's one of those interesting guys to talk to. And I, I love the, uh, the, his answer to why there aren't two guys on the, power play anymore you're like okay i see that i see that i see that everybody else has just sort of said i'm not sure exactly why some things just come in and go out of out of fashion and boom he rattles off like eight things and i do plan to sit in a hotel lobby and draw things up on a napkin with him sometimes see if i can't figure Mm -hmm. it out so Mm -hmm. um yeah great chat allison anything to add anything else we need to throw in here before we say goodbye to the to the fine people yeah i'd just like to mention um cam atkinson announced uh today in fact that he is bringing back his virtual 5k event you might recall last year that raised uh funds for covid relief efforts here in columbus and so check that out um he shared some links so another great year for that event if you feel so inclined i've already challenged jeff svoboda to another match we'll see what comes of it um in the media division um but uh, wanted to make sure the people knew about that as well. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Always appreciate it. And we'll be back with you again next year as we start the wild and woolly month of July. So thanks for next week. That's right. Thanks for listening. And we'll uh, talk to you soon.